21 habits of the rich. 21 habits of the rich. When I was coming in the car, I was reminded of the scripture. He became poor that we through his poverty might become rich. Amen. He became what? That we through his poverty might become rich. So what I heard was this. If he became poor that we through his poverty might become rich. Now if Jesus meant for us to become rich then that means we need to know the habits of the rich. I heard this when I was coming in the car. He became poor that we, through his poverty, might become rich. So if he became poor that we might become rich, then it's necessary that we know the habits of the rich that he, he wants us to become. Are you with me? He became poor that we, through his poverty, might become, might become rich. So if, somebody, if God wants us to become rich, we should know what that rich means. Is somebody in the house with me? He, he became poor that we, through his poverty, might become rich. So then, the owners is on us to find, okay, if God wants us to become something, what are the habits of that something? How do rich people behave? Are you with me? And I think the world has got it better than the believers, but we will get it this time. I said we will get it. We will get it this time. I said we will get it this time. Okay, glory to God. So, we're looking at 21 habits of the rich. How many of you want to become rich? He became poor that you might become. So, you are supposed to become rich. So, what are the habits <coughs> of the rich? So, write these things down because it's you, it's you we are talking about. One of the reasons why he, he, he died was for us to become, to become rich. So if we became poor that we might become rich, how do rich people behave? So when God looks at us, what, what is he expecting to see? How do rich people behave? Are you with me? Okay. Is, are, we, are we okay there? <clears throat> okay. So, number one, they live within their means. They live within their means. Tell your neighbor you are the one he's talking to. Live within your means. Live within your means. Okay, number one. They, rich people live within, not outside their means. So, you need to live within. Your, if you are, you are paid 200 pounds a week, you pay your tithe of 10%, which is non-negotiable. Sister, sister, prophetess is clapping, right? Everybody turn around. Look at her. She's clapping at the statement. Non-negotiable. She's clapping again. Clap for her for clapping. Non-negotiable. It's not pastor who is saying. It's the one who became poor that you might become rich. Who, who is saying? Hallelujah. They live within their means. They apply the law of frugality and downsizing. 
when you have to downsize, downsize. Okay, so let's move on. I want to cover more ground today. So, number two. Glory to God. They don't build their lifestyle ahead of their income. Can I? Is the wire long enough to, for you to be here with me? They don't build their lifestyle ahead of their income. Okay, that's fine. I can see that. I, I wanted to see. Be able to read it from up there. Okay, thank you. They don't build their lifestyle ahead of their income. So, you don't say I will earn 2,000 pounds. So, you start spending ahead before the money comes. You don't spend money before it comes. You spend it, you plan before it comes and spend it, invest some, save some, and spend, spend some. No. That's why we have this thing. How to get rich. You earn the red bracket. If you earn and you spend all in the red bracket, you, are, you end up broke. But you earn this, you invest majority and spend the less. That's the, if you want to become rich, you need to follow this formula. You don't earn a lot and spend all. You earn and then you spend at least 75%. Amen. And save 20 to 25%. You must aim. You have to discipline yourself to do that. Are you with me? Okay. Let's go. Number three, they don't gamble. We saw that. They don't gamble or play the lottery as a habit. They are addicted to hard work, smart work, wise work, intelligent work. Amen. Number four, they read every day. Okay, read every day. And read books that decorate your head, not your emotions. Amen. All right. Then number five, they don't spend unnecessary time in front of the TV or watching Netflix news or surfing the net. The, 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 the cardinal word is without purpose. Because, you know, say, we went to church last week and this week, Bishop said we shouldn't watch TV again and we shouldn't watch Netflix again. That's not what he said. He said they don't spend unnecessary time in front of the TV or watching Netflix or the news or surfing the net without purpose. So everything you do must be done with purpose. Number six was where we stopped. Number six, their addiction to financial education and financial literacy has taught them not to trust in uncertainty. And then I gave you the statistics of some rich men in 1923 who 25 years later, they died poor. Some committed suicide. Some went insane. So nothing is permanent. Look at your neighbor and say, nothing is permanent. Obviously, by now, all of you who live in London, by now know from the economy and the recession and infl- everything you are hearing, that nothing is permanent. And that is what makes tithing, serving God, your life ins- assurance policy, life insurance policy for you. Amen. Yesterday, we were at uh, my twin brother's, their 10th anniversary, and, and the guest speaker, I thought I'm the only one who talks about tithing often. And the guest speaker emphasized in the midst of everything, serving God and everything, tithing. Talking specifically to pastors. Amen. And he says, if you are a tithing pastor, your members will be 
tithers. However, the members' tithing is by their choice. I could be a tither, and you can decide, despite all the teachings, that you won't tithe. And then, then there's no prayer that the pastor can pray for you if you don't tithe. That God will hear. Because if you've stolen from him and I'm t- talking to him for you, it's a wasted, there's no need to pray to somebody whom we are stolen from to, to ask us to give him more things to steal. Am I talking to, <laughs> this is kindergarten, <laughs> it's common sense. So if you are not a tither and you are not tithing, you are not a tither or you don't tithe properly, or you don't tithe consistently, is your, your, your boxing match in the, in the, in the net is with the, is with the devil directly. There's no prayer a pastor can pray that can change that. Amen. So let's make sure we do the right thing for ourselves. Amen. So, and then number six, here today, gone tomorrow. We can see that all around now. Here today, gone tomorrow. Uh, there was these statistics about the kind of income that people are earning and how it's affecting people with all these things being said negatively, budget-wise. So, Let's manage our finances properly. So here today, gone tomorrow. If we do not settle our mind in our mind, the purpose, we need to understand the purpose of money. Money is not for spending. Money is for investing in the kingdom, in ourselves, in our families, etc. And to help people. Amen. Proverbs 23, verse 5. It says, Will thou set thine eyes upon that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves now. You need to see this scripture. Um, is, it, is, it, uh, is it in the PowerPoint? Riches make them, Proverbs 23, verse 5. Riches, it says, would thou set thine eyes upon that which is not? In other words, are you going to put your trust in something that does, is not certain? He said, for riches certainly make themselves wings. There are times when riches develop wings and fly away from you if you don't use it properly. Will thou set thine, let's all read it together. Will thou set thine eyes upon that which is not, in other words, what, what is not certain. For riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away as an eagle toward heaven. There are times when our money will just develop wings and decide you are not using me properly. You are not tidy, you are not giving, you are not helping me. So I am flying away from you. This Bible is loaded. They fly. They develop wings and say, I'm flying. That's why we ask, where did our money go? By yours will stay. Number seven, let's go. They control rich people. Please, these are the attitudes of rich people. And it became poor that you become rich. So this is you I'm describing. That if we are not there, this is what we must start developing. These are the way rich people behave. Control their emotions, number seven. They control their emotions. They control their emotions and intentionally avoid impulse spending and spending more than they earn. You do that intentionally. Rich people intentionally, intentionally control their emotions. They say, because I'm feeling emotional, so I'm going to the restaurant to eat everything on the menu to comfort me. <laughs> that, that's temporary. I'm going to buy dresses. So I'm going to buy suits. That's, no, you need to control your, rich people control their emotions. 
and intentionally avoid impulse spending and spending more than the end. Amen is coming. Sometimes it says not every thought needs to come out of your mouth. Not every emotion needs to be expressed. When you say whatever is on your mind, you risk hurting people and hurting yourself. It is better for others to think you are a fool than to open your mouth and leave them in no doubt that you are a fool because of opening your mouth. Control your emotions. Don't speak. There are a lot of things that happen to provoke us to speak and do things. But as we are growing, we must be wiser not to respond to provocation. But there are people who just provoke you. Ah, I'm sure there are people who years ago, they knew when they do something, I will react in a certain way. So they came expecting with great joy. Then the moment I, I react, ah, there are people who are very happy that you, are, you, re, you react. They're expecting a, because you develop, there's a trend that you have a history. So they're expecting that this guy, this is the way he was, so uh, that's what gives me the kicks. Let me do it so that they'll get the kicks. I will get the kicks. No, no, no more kicks. You are 40, you are 50, you are 60. You are not, you are not as young as you used to be. So control your because you will die. Am I, am I speaking? And if you die, you won't end the wealth. Somebody will chop it for you. An amen is coming. Everybody say loose lips are a habit. For 69% of people who struggle financially, loose lips are the habits of 69% of people who struggle financially. And it says, conversely, 94% of wealthy people filter their emotions. So this wealth thing is not just about money. They understand that letting emotions control them can destroy their relationships at work and even at home. We are advised not to say what's on our mind after a provocation until we are calm and have had time to look at the situation objectively. It's part of the habits of rich people. They control their emotions. Amen. Let's continue. Number eight. They are generous distributors. Rich people are generous distributors. Like John D. Rockefeller. And they live by this philosophy. You never lack what you give. You only lack what you keep. It's a philosophy. The more they give out, the richer they become. The more they develop new products to add value to people, the richer they are becoming. Rich people are generous people. Very generous distributors. Like John D. Rockefeller set up a foundation. is still active till today. You never lack what you give. You only lack what you keep. And that's the reason why God blesses us. Because sometimes we need to understand why, the, why this thing we're teaching about uh, habits of the rich, becoming rich, and why does God want us to be rich? So we become a blessing. You know, your understanding of why God blesses you, your understanding of why God blesses you, gives God the opportunity to bring more resources into your life. So when resources come to you, I always remember, it's not about me. It's about the kingdom. It's about others. And once you position yourself that way, more resources will come to you. Amen? He told Abraham, I'll bless you and make you a blessing. Zechariah 1.17, he says, my cities through prosperity shall be spread abroad. So, God's influence is spread abroad through our prosperity. 
That is why God blesses us. Is an amen coming? So God wants to bless you. Write this down. He wants to bless you to enable you to live a, a comfortable life. That is one. A comfortable life to serve him. A comfortable life to serve him. And then to finance God's agenda. Write this thing. These are all these things. I want to become, I'm going to become rich. Why? How to get rich? How the rich people behave? It's all about being a blessing. It's all about being a blessing. It's all about being a blessing. So to finance God's agenda and advance his kingdom. You know, when Israel was leaving Egypt, he told the Egyptians to give them all their gold, all their silver. There were no shopping centers in the wilderness. So why do you give people gold, silver, when they are entering a wilderness where there are no shopping malls? Because he was going to bring them to a land for them to build his temple. Amen. So when the time came to build the temple, then he called upon the resources he blessed them with. So every time God blesses you, bear in mind all these things we are teaching. When the blessing comes, it is for his kingdom. Amen. First, his kingdom first. There will be some for you. Look at your neighbor and say, don't be sad. There will be some for you. There will be some left over for you if, if you prioritize God and plan properly. Is amen there. All right, number nine. Let's see how far we can go. Number nine. They network. We hear this a lot in the business world. We have to start using that in the kingdom. They network with like-minded people based on their vision, their passion, and their destination. You know, rich people choose their friends based on their destination, where they are going. All your friends must be based on where you are going, not where you were. Your relationships must be based on where you are going, not where you were. And I'm talking about not where you were negatively. If you have good relations in your past, keep them and then grow together. Always work with people who are growing, who want more, who want to do more for people. Amen. Rich people, this is what they do. When you see Richard Branson, you see uh, all these guys, these are the things they do. There's no, you know, Mike Maddox said, your hatred of the rich is the reason why you are so poor. Everybody who hates rich people <laughs> will never be rich because you can't attract what you hate. Because if you hate people who are rich, they can't show you or teach you the things they know. Amen? So they network with like-minded people based on their vision, based on their passion, and based on their destination. And guess what rich people do a lot? They volunteer to do good things for people. Like this big land. I hope you are all getting involved. I got a call from somebody this morning. Send, send me the flyer. I'm going to distribute it everywhere. Everybody needs to eat. Especially in this climate, people need a lot of food and they need love. So I'm coming and I'm inviting many more people. So let's all make sure we are involved. Find out what we can do and then be a part of it. Because that's one of the behaviors of the rich. Rich people are distributors. They network with like-minded people based on their vision, their passion, their destination. And then they volunteer regularly with this in mind. Listen. On the screen, read the last line with me. Where the poor? The poor. Read it. Shall we go? The poor and average look for jobs or work. But the rich network. Rich people network. They engage in 
a network of relationships that add value to them and to the people they are networking with. And there's this statement, your network is your net worth. Write that down. Your network is your net worth. Your network is your net worth. The question on the screen, um, the next slide. What is a net worth? What is a net worth? And is your net worth the same as your salary? Lydia, are you there? Your network. Your network is your net worth. Does net worth mean the same as salary? We sound like we are in a lecture room, but we need wisdom. There's a time to shout hallelujah. I'm very purposeful about doing, you know, teachers, when you are teaching in class, you don't scream. I want us to get financial education so that the resources that are coming, we know how to handle it. And then our behavior from now to is going to change. You know, rich people don't shout at the street. They don't ask you five people come out of the car. You know, there's, a de- there's a decorum. Sense of, we have a sense of decorum. So, are you there? Tell your neighbor, those, those five things must stop. You must be calm now. <laughs> okay, let's talk about net worth. Okay, net worth is the total wealth of an individual or company or household or taking account of all financial your financial assets and liabilities. Your net worth is the value of all. Now listen, there are liabilities and there are assets. Some invest in liabilities, things that don't appreciate, but assets are things that appreciate. Now, where everybody has a net worth, what are you worth? Your net worth is the, put it back please, because I don't have it in my notes here. Your net worth, I did it, your net worth is the value of all your assets, minus all your liabilities. So your net worth is not about your income. Your income doesn't even factor into your net worth. Instead, net worth includes savings, investments, and the debt that you owe. And your network involves relationships. So the question I'm going to ask you is, what are you worth financially, asset-wise, and the relationships you are involved in? What is it worth? Is it costing you or is it adding to you? If your network is your net worth, the relationships you have which you call your net worth, are they costing you or are they adding value to you? It all determines your net worth in total. What are you worth net in assets, in liabilities, in buildings? Are you there? Your net worth your, and your network, your associations, has something to do with what you are worth. You're working with people who are rich and always adding value to you. It increases your, your network is increasing. Your net worth, what you are worth, net-wise, is also increasing. Are you there? <laughs> are you getting something? So, let me explain it. Rich people build valuable, productive, value-adding relationships. That can result in more customers, more clients, or help them do a better job or become job creators and spend time pressing their flesh and giving back to their community. 
almost three quarters of wealthy people network. And then they volunteer a minimum of five hours a month, including church and charity. That's what rich people do. They network. And they volunteer. Among those struggling financially, only one in ten does network. They don't network. You know, when I come to, let me not go ahead. I'm coming to a place about, uh, (laughs) one of the things that rich people do is they avoid toxic relationships. Amen. So among those struggling financially, only one in ten networks. Developing personal relationships with these kind of people with the intention of adding value, not to receive. You know, sometimes people develop relationships and the only intention they have is to get something from them. But every relationship you get involved in, you should be adding value to them and they should be adding value to you. Are you, are you understanding what I'm saying? Your relationship should not be one-sided. When I need you, then I call you. When I don't need you, I don't, you don't hear from me. Ah, till I call again. And at the moment I call, no, you, you yourself by revelation, you know why I call. But that should not be the case. Our relationship should enhance both of us. It's part of good networking. I call you because I have something for you and you have something for me. And then we are building and growing up together. Is that an amen coming? And I explained to you last week about, the, if you tell me the four kinds of people that you have in your life, I can tell you what your future will look like. Are your, do you have friendship relationships only? Or you have business relationships that when you meet, you, are t- you know, there are people you meet them, you talk spiritual stuff. You know, you edify one another. It's a spiritual relationship. There are friends you have that you communicate with, you talk friendship matters. Those are all important. But you also need career relationships, business relationships. You know, where you purely, when you meet, you are talking. You know, when they meet, when people meet at the business table and they are talking, they don't talk about their family. When... On your jobs, the ones you do that bring, you get commission and all that, they're talking about profit, isn't it? Target. Right? What we need to make this year is a business relationship. So when you meet, you don't talk about, you talk about business there. When it's time for entertainment, you go for your table tennis or go for whatever. But you must have relationships which, when you, are, you guys are talking, you're talking about addition, addition, multiplication, value adding. Are you with me this morning? Our relationships must change. Don't abandon good relationships. And emphasis on good relationships. But you must build a net. My life, my, my, oh, yesterday we were there, my twin brother um, says, this is my twin brother. I think he said he have a sister. Amen. That's the kind of relationship. And then we had met other pastors. They're talking about other things which are profit adding. You need those kind of relationships. May they come into your life. Number 10. They go, rich people go above and beyond in work. When they go to work, they go above and beyond. They don't just do what they told them to do and that's it. You told me to usher people inside. So when they come, ushers, I'm just using that as an example. Are you there? Yeah, my lunch is secure. Is my lunch secure with your shares before I continue? You know I'll continue anyway. Because <laughs> you know it's innocent. You said we should wash our people in. Yeah. And I saw something on the floor. Well, that's the job of uh, <laughs> sanctuary keepers. 
No. Rich people, wealthy people go above and beyond in work, in service, and in business. Everywhere you are, you, do, you go beyond what you were told to do. You go beyond the duty. That's the behavior of rich people. So you see, they are investing in something, and then they hear there's a particular project, and then they get involved there. They go above and beyond in work, in service, in business, wherever they are. Wherever they are. They don't just do what is required of them, but more. They do more. Look at this scripture. Besides, in, this is David speaking. He said, besides in my devotion to the temple, in my devotion to the temple that is building God's house, I now give my personal treasures of gold and silver for the temple of my God. Watch the next line. Over and above. So don't just give flat. Rich people always, the reason why rich people always have is because they go beyond. When they're supposed to do something, they don't just say, okay, they say tithe. They, hey, bishop, tithe is 10%. That's it. No, they move further. They do more. This big lunch, maybe they say be security. There are other things that you can do to make sure that the whole big lunch becomes a success. So you don't just decide I should do this. So that's all I'm going to do. If you have an opportunity, whilst you are post to do something extra, do it. The same with every department. The same on your job. On your job, do things in such a way that they find it difficult to fire you. People who always do more are kept and are promoted. And that's the behavior of the rich. You'll be one of them. David said, I've given over, every shout, over and above. Say over and above. Say over and above. In your house, there are certain duties that maybe you undertake, but you see there's some extra work that needs to be done in the kitchen or somewhere. It's called our house. So do over and above. Shout amen. Listen to the explanation. Unsuccessful people, listen. Unsuccessful people have, it's not in my job description syndrome. It's not in my job description syndrome and attitude. And sometimes we Christians... Bring that same attitude to church. Like the gentleman in the parable of the talents and the parable of the minas. Minas. The par- there's a parable of the mina. M-I-N-A-S. In Luke chapter 19. His, his, his story was similar to the guy with the parable of the talents. He said, the guy gave him, God gave, they gave him five talents. They gave him two talents. This one was given one. He said, you're a wicked person. So he hid it. He hid his gifts. He didn't use his gift on the job or in church or in the marketplace. So they collected what was his and they gave it to the person who created profit. So because of this kind of behavior of some people generally out there and within church, consequently people who have this, it's not in my job description syndrome, are never given more responsibility. They are never given more money to invest. They are never given additional responsibilities. And their wages keep growing very little from year to year if they keep their jobs at all. So wealthy individuals, on the other hand, make themselves invaluable to their employers and customers. Is an amen coming? Have you heard the statement, there are those who bring joy wherever they go, and there are those who bring joy whenever they go. Why do they bring joy whenever they go? Because they have the, what, it's not in my job description syndrome. So when you're on your job, please make sure you give it your best. When you are faithful with a little, God will give you your own. Is an amen coming? Right. Number 11, they set goals. 
Rich people, we are looking at the habits of the rich. These are the things they do. And we are teaching this so we all start adopting it. If we are not doing it before, we should adopt it. If we are doing it already, we need to improve. Because God is counting on his, he wants to enrich many people in these last days to do his work, to expand his kingdom. This wealth transfer, you'll be part of it. I said this wealth transfer, you'll be part of it. Say, we are laying the foundation for what is coming. Amen. Write this down. They set goals. Write this thing. I hope you are writing notes. You are taking notes. This. I don't know if you are taking notes. Let me see your hand. Please do. So you go over them. Because something big is coming to hit your hands. And you need to have, you need to know the management principles to be able to maintain it. And to increase it. Because increase is coming to you. There are many people you are going to affect. So you need to know these things. Shout amen. So, number 11. They set goals, not wishes. If wishes were horses, beggars would ride. Rich people don't just wish. They set goals and pursue them, knowing very well that excessive sleep can be very expensive. Look at your name and say, Thou shalt not be a lover of sleep. Say it again. Thou shalt not be a lover. Sleep, but don't love sleeping. Rich people don't love sleeping. They sleep when they must sleep, but they are not in love with sleeping. And I'm coming to explain to you. <laughs> they set goals, not wishes, and they pursue them knowing very well that excessive, everybody say excessive. Tell your neighbor, sleep, oh. <laughs> but not excessively. Uh-huh. Sleep. You need to sleep. You know, when I was in Ghana, I was very, very busy going up and down. One day, I slept around 5.30 or something, and I woke up the following morning at 6. My wife said, later on, she said, she used to come into the room to tap me to see whether I'm breathing. Because I don't sleep in London. I don't sleep. I, my, I sleep. Once I wake up, that's it. I'm doing something. So that day, 5 p.m. in the afternoon, I went to sleep. Even some of our precious guests came to see us, two or three of them. And I, she came to wake me up. And the way I, I said, I'm, if you see yourself, she knew, ah, why is it so, I think three or four times, she said, just to make sure I'm not dead. <laughs> that was a very good one. But I need to go back and do one more. Because visionary, <laughs> you agree, eh? Okay. You will buy my ticket to go. Okay. <laughs> Look at Proverbs chapter 20, verse 13. Are you getting something? Proverbs 20, verse 13. The NIV translation is very good. Look at the screen. Let's all look at it on the screen and let's... Okay, good. Shall we read it? Go. Love not sleep. Did you see that? It says sleep, but don't love sleeping. Uh, there's a difference. Love not sleep. In other words, don't be in love with sleep. Lest thou come to poverty. Open thy eyes and thou shalt be satisfied with bread. In other words, if you, don't, if, you keep, if you keep sleeping, you won't be satisfied with bread. Look at the version in the, in our, um, on the slide. It says, do not love sleep 
or you will grow poor. Stay awake and you will have food to spare. Do not love sleep or you will grow poor. So sleeping too much leads to poverty. If you sleep too much, please <laughs> give me that. I want that translation again. Do not love sleep because it leads to what? Poverty. If you don't sleep too much, you have more food to spare. So if you don't have food to spare, check your sleeping record. Bible says, work while it is day, for the night cometh when no man can work. And then Warren Buffett said, if you do not find a way of making money while you are asleep, you will work till you die, and you will die broke. You must be making money while you are asleep. You know, I want to set up, uh, this morning I felt strongly, I've said this before, about setting up something, I want 25 people, at the end of the service, 25 people who are serious, I'm going to set up, I want to set up, there's so much material I have about finances, about investment, about mind investment. Like, I want to set up uh, what Pastor Matthew has on Sunday morning called the life class, where the, the focus is not on any other subject than investment, uh, mind investment, uh, anything to do with finances, business. Are you understanding? And I want 25 people who are serious. We're going to meet maybe once a month or something. Eventually, I want to hold a class on Sunday evening. Just purely, church, we meet in church on Sunday morning. We talk about everything. But this is devoted to talking about making money, managing money, and multiplying money. How to become, I call it a millionaire's club. And that should be, you need to register with 50 pounds. Because I want you to be at the club. If you don't pay money for it, you won't come. So you pay 50 pounds up front, then I know you'll be at the class all the time. You miss one, you are fired. Yeah, that's what, if you, if, if somebody's going to give you one million pounds, what excuse are you giving for not coming there? How to make one million for you and your children, and you don't come. Why won't you come? You need to be serious about your life. All these are conabain and are You have to stop. So after the service, I'll close five minutes early. Twenty-five people, you give your name to him, and then I'll give you the details. And then we'll start very soon. We'll start a session on Sunday evening, whether it's by Zoom or by meeting. And I'm not limiting it to this church. I'm opening it up. I'm going to do flyers and spread it everywhere, not under the banner of the church, but under the banner of the Millionaires Club. Something has to switch. Except some of you, you have got money that you didn't tell me about, and you haven't tried, so I don't know. But you and I know that our money matters is not correct completely. So there must be specific class where we talk about faith and holiness and righteousness and soul winning and prayer in the morning. But that one, when you are coming, make up your, your this one you are coming, you are not coming to pray. You may pray and sing praise and worship for three minutes. After that business, 45 minutes teaching, and then questions and answers, and you do exam to know how to handle money and not waste it. Clapping has gone. O- only those who want it should clap. It's okay. No, no problem. It was very strong on me this morning when I was coming. It's a money class. We are 50, 55, 45. Those of you who are 40, 45, very soon you will be joining me. Never think you won't grow old. It's coming quickly. 
tell me your financial reserves and your net worth. Your, your net worth is not your salary. What do you have in investment? What have you saved? What do you have as reserves? That when anything hits you, are you aware that if you lose your job today and you don't have savings of at least six months, you are poor? So if we don't have savings for at least six months, as at now, and anything happens, and the way people are losing their jobs these days, if you don't have at least savings of six months, let's say you earn 1000 uh, a month, you should have at least 6000 in savings you don't touch. If you don't have that, you need to join that class. Prayer doesn't bring money. The more you pray, you are actually frightening yourself. Look in the mirror. You know, most of the reasons why people go to church is money. Why they go to work money. Most of our prayer topics is about money. I'm talking about all of us, including myself. So, I'm becoming very desperate about this thing now. Christians, we need to do better than that. Are you in agreement? Do not love sleep. Or you, you know, there are some people who think when they're going to financial difficulties, they go to bed thinking that when they wake up, things are changed. My mentor told me, he who runs from a battle, lives to fight with another, so face it. And that's why budgeting is important. You know, budgeting tells you the true story of your financial. Recently, I looked at the financial state of our church. And I decided, no, I'm going to sacrifice something and start saving something for this church. My personal savings for my salary has given us at least 3,000 pounds. I sacrificed my salary to create an investment for this church. You, you have to do something. Nobody will do it for you. Rich people don't just do a to-do list, but a goal and priority list. Write that down. Don't do a to-do list. Do a goals and priority list. To-do list is good. To-do list means things to do. No, do a goals list and a, a, a priority list. You have many things to do, but are they priority? Are they priority? Some things take priority precedence over others. And those are the things you must focus on. So we are, doing, we are in a financial education class. This must be taught in addition to everything else. Rich people do not do just a to-do list, but a goal and priority list, including people that they allow into their inner circle. Not everybody fits into your inner circle. Not everyone must be allowed to come into your inner circle. Some people are coming there to mess your life up. That's a wise thing. It's not about hatred. It's about wisdom. Are they building you? Are they adding to you? Are you adding to them? So you cannot control the outcome of a wish, but you can control the outcome of a goal. That's why rich people don't just do, I wish. I wish by now my business is this. I wish by now this. No. Don't just do, rich people don't do a wish list. They do a goals list. A goals list. A goals list. And if we want to become, he became poor that we might become rich, we must also start doing goal lists. Priority list 
Some of you are achieving certain things in your life because you do the goals list and priority list. So improve, keep increasing that thing. Amen. Every year, 70% of the wealthy pursue at least one major goal. 70% of the wealthy people pursue at least one major goal. Pastor Matthew was being interviewed, and they asked him, what do you do when you wake up every day? He said, morning devotion with my wife, and then I do Bible study. Then after that, I sit down, and I write my goals for the day. My goal, what I'm going to do, where I'm going to go, what I'm going to invest in. No wonder he is where he is. Very early in his pastoral life, he bought properties in Houston. He bought a land and created a rice farm. Now he's cleared the rice farm, he's building estates on it. So at his 70th birthday, his wife said publicly, Pastor Matthew, thank you for giving. One of the things you have given us in our family is financial security. Does your family know they have financial security because of your planning? Whether you are a single parent or you are, uh, uh, what do you call it, two-parent family, do you have financial security and does, does, does your family have financial security? And it's not based on your salary. I'm talking about your net worth. Do you have a house you can call your own? Bishop, you are being worldly. You are being unholy. When, you, when, when, when they kick you out of that house, that they used to say, now they are enforcing the thing about if you live in a council house and there's an empty room, you need to what? You need to rent it out and bring some money. They are enforcing it now. What? You pay extra tax for, for or downsize. That's why. Now, I hope you are not being discouraged by my facing, as facing facts about our situation. I'm just trying to get us to see what our situation is and how to violently do something about it. That, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's all I am saying. Or that's all I'm saying. Are you understanding what I'm saying? You are understanding what I'm saying? Financial security for your family. Every day I'm fighting to make sure I have financial <laughs> You see, the sad thing about life, and the, but, but you can't blame anybody. But the point is this, that <laughs> nobody will do it for you. If you don't do it, nobody will. You can pray and break Jesus' record, and you can fast and do everything. There's a place for that, and there's a place for these things I'm teaching you. We need to have a balanced life. We need to have a balance. There can't be spirit, 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 and <laughs> not do some of these things. I told my wife, we are, we are in agreement. When, if it's come to a place where I need to downsize, I will sell my car. She will sell her car. What's the problem? Uber is there, isn't it? Yeah, what's the problem? To make sure my family is financially secure, my ministry is financially secure, my destiny is financially secure, if you have to go, you will go. Where? If I secure my future. I told you last week, some of you, your money is in your wardrobe. There are many clothes there. You, eBay, you can go on eBay and this week you'll be thousand pounds richer. But you look at them, you have, you have such a sentimental uh, attachment. Oh, 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 this dress. 
And the bank account is empty. Like an empty room. But we are changing it. Tell your neighbor, thou shalt not love sleep. Now, lift up your head and listen to this. Why is sleeping over sleeping expensive? I'm quoting from my twin brother's mini book on the commandments of 12 commandments of downsizing. 12 commandments of downsizing. So, like you said yesterday, I said, when you read somebody's book, first time you must quote, say, Bishop Gideon said. Next time you say, I have heard it said. The next time you say, I say, because I've practiced downside, so this time it's Hatton Wood saying. But this moment is Bishop Gideon, my twin brother, saying, thou, Twelve commandments of downside, the thou shalt not. One of the thou shalt not is, Thou shalt not be a lover of sleep. When you are in love with sleep, you, 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 any moment you feel like sleeping. You sleep your life away. And listen to these statistics. Why is sleep this expensive? If you listen, if you work at a place where you are paid on hourly basis, you will realize that your hour is worth 15 pounds or 10 pounds. This is the value of your time. That is why when you work for 8 hours, you are paid 80 pounds because you are worth 10 pounds an hour. So, what this also means is that when you sleep for 8 hours, you have spent 80 pounds. Sleeping. Sleeping. Baba. Sleeping. You have spent 80 pounds sleeping. Because the advice, you sleep 8 hours a day. Thank God for the advice. Those are giving advice. Do you know what they have invested in somewhere? You. What have you invested in that is making money for you and you are sleeping? Before I slept that long from 5 p.m. To, uh, 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 to the following day, <laughs> I had made money the week before working in Ghana. If you decide to spend 12 hours of your day sleeping and you are worth as low as 10 pounds an hour, <laughs> guess how much you have spent? You have wasted. 120 pounds you have wasted sleeping. Tell your neighbor, we need these classes. We will come to the class. We will pay that 50 pounds. And we will be coming on time. We won't miss any. Yeah. You will pay. And you, you it's not free. No. If I make it free, you won't value. People don't value what is free. Yeah. There are a lot of things, some few things I'm going to be changing. I've given too much free stuff. Now people need to pay. I'm going to discount it, but they must pay for the, for when you become rich, yeah. Uh, anyway, let's carry on. So, sleep in itself is very it's a very expensive enterprise, for which reason you must not be a lover of sleep. Imagine you sleep eight hours of your day because health experts advise you to do so. You are sleeping away a third of your day. I'm not even aware that you have 24 hours in a day. So, sleeping eight hours is I've slept three, uh, a third of it. I've slept a third of it of my day, and by the listen, by the time I am 60, you have slept 20 years of your life. Nobody thinks of this except it is brought to our notice. I mean, they just there, they just just Charlie, I need a little rest, I need a little rest, I need a little sleep. And by the time you realize you are 60, and if you have accumulated those kind of, you know, you have slept six, 
20 of your 60 years away. And if you lived for 90, you have slept 30 years of your life. So if you are sleeping 8 hours a day, you are actually sleeping away a huge chunk of your life and will have nothing to show for your years on earth. And these are things we must start teaching our children. What, what we missed out on, we must start, start teaching them. If we slept, we must teach them not to sleep too much. Because these youngsters, there's something about these British children. that they, they, You know, the atmosphere in which I asked my son that question the other day. You know, British children, the climate in which they were raised, there's a positive and there's a negative. They, they, they are very relaxed about life. Because the parents have fought. So they are, they are very, very relaxed. They have said everything to be there. Now, we must do everything to make sure we take, we brought them into the body. We must also teach them responsibility, how we made our money. We must teach them how we made it so after we are not here, they can maintain it and do better. That's why we must teach them these things. You can't just do everything for them and not show them how you got what you did. (laughs) How you got what you got to do what you are doing for them. Teach them how, you know. When my biological son comes back from work, he knows he has worked. Oh, he knows. We, when we call him, we can hear the sound. When we see him, we can see the face. He, he, he. <coughs> Labor. Uh-huh. So when it's time to holiday too, he's stretching with the barbecue. Don't eat barbecue last when you haven't done anything. Son, can you join us on prayer? <laughs> Pastor John said, can you? Kohu, kohu. Holding his waist. Are you holding your waist? Watch this. My twin brother said, At the age, I'm 52 now. I sleep less than six hours a day. Because as a man of vision, as a person who has a dream to fulfill, something keeps me awake, even when I feel like sleeping, for some more hours. As for the sleeping, you will feel like it. But the question is, should I? What am I losing in sleeping too much? He says, a dream is the energy behind your performance. It is your dream that gives you the energy to stay awake in the middle of the night when everyone else is sleeping. I am, he says, his story is like mine. That's why we are twin brothers. He says, I am the last to go to bed, but the first to wake up because I'm driven by a vision. That's the same with me. I'm always the last to go to bed. And the first to get, once I get up, you know, there's something about my my mechanism when I'm sleeping, and then I get up, and then I go and lie down. I can tell God is telling, even God is not talking, something is talking. Get up, get out of here. Go to your study. He said, when I speak at a corporate event, my value is 2,000 pounds. Listen, when I speak at a corporate event, business event, corporate, in the corporate world, not in church. Church is the only place where, anyway, let's carry on. When I speak at a corporate event, my value is $2,000 per hour. That's my twin brother. So when I sleep for eight hours, I have slept $16,000 away. When I preach at certain places, I'm giving 200 pounds an hour. When I preach at certain places, I'm giving 1,000 pounds an hour. Not church. Not here. That's nowhere near my salary. 
So, if I sleep, so, it says, this is how much sleep can cost you, for which reason you have to be very careful and not be a lover of sleep. You are worth 10 pounds an hour. And then you are sleeping, so 80 pounds is gone. So, he, he said to us humorously the other day, he says, sometimes even his wife gets upset with him because he's always working. He said, when he wakes up, he asks himself, who is ahead of me? Who is ahead of me? <laughs> who is ahead of me? Who is doing something I must be doing? Then he gets... <laughs> Just that we have learned to balance the equation now. Because if you, we also have that kind of attitude, we'll, we'll die early and somebody will top our money and marry our wives or our husband. You are in heaven. You see, your wife say, I do to another. Ah! Or your husband say, I do to another woman. And with all the money you left, oh, <laughs> because you didn't balance the equation. So sleep by all means, but don't oversleep. Clap before I do something to you. <laughs> <laughs> it's understanding in the house. So, did Bishop say don't sleep at all? What did he say? Don't love too much sleep. We are looking at the 21 habits of the rich. They don't oversleep. They don't oversleep. So, how much are you worth? Anytime you are going to oversleep, ask yourself how much you are with and multiply the hours with the money. You will know whether to sleep or not. Amen, coming. Okay, should we carry on? All right, number, we're looking at 21 habits of the rich. When you go to a seminar where they are talking about finances, you don't look at your watch because you, you know they are teaching you something to help you make money. Amen? And our service is up to one. So we'll finish, we'll finish in 10 to 1 to give the big lunch people time to do what they need to say. Amen? Number 12, write these things down. It's for your good day of rich people Avoid procrastination. They avoid procrastination guided by the three types of people. There are three types of people on earth. And rich people are guided by this. They avoid procrastination. Procrastination is postponing something that you must do today till tomorrow. And every time you keep postponing what you must do, you are losing out. Rich people avoid procrastination. Guided by the three types of people. There are three types of people you meet on earth. Those ahead of schedule, those on schedule, and those behind schedule. I work with people who are ahead of schedule. So I can at least be on time, on schedule, if I'm not ahead. When you see the twin towers of my twin brother, when you see uh, Canaan land, when you see redemption camp, when you see Potter's city, when you see uh, uh, prayer city, Pastor Matthew, when you see some of the things that people are doing, when you see bigger churches, when you see major businesses, and then you look at yourself, it tells you, I need to do more. I, need to post- I, I don't need to postpone things I need to do today till tomorrow. So, they avoid procrastination. When will you marry? He said, tomorrow. Tomorrow came. When will you marry? He said, another tomorrow. When will you invest in the money? I'm afraid. There are lions in the street. There are no lions in the street. It's an excuse. Step out. When will you start praying one hour a day? I'm working on it. Since when? 52. And prayer is the foundation of everything we are talking about here. Your prayer life is the foundation. Because the more you pray, God gives you ideas and creativity. So you don't abandon one. Don't rob Peter to pay Paul. It's, it's an, you need to be juggling many things at the same time. To become a successful person. So successful people understand that procrastination impairs quality, creates dissatisfied employers, 
customers or clients and damages other non-business relationships. When you postpone certain things you need to do and procrastinate, you are damaging your future. <clears throat> so, write that down. They avoid procrastination. Well, he became poor that we might become rich. What are the behaviors of the rich that Jesus became poor that we might become? This is one of them. They avoid procrastination. They don't postpone things that they need to do today till tomorrow. What they must do today, they do it today. Are you getting something? Tell your neighbor what I need to do today. I will do it today. Amen. You must be ahead of schedule. At least you must, we must be on schedule. On schedule. How many of you sometimes you sit down, you look at your life, you say, I should be further than this. My wife and I looked at our, ourselves and certain things. We said, in this particular area, we should be ahead. So we, sometimes you have to then start playing catch up. Don't blame anybody. Oh. Number 13. Rich people talk less and listen more. They are people who talk. When they meet you, you have achieved more than them. They are talking. They are talking. Rich people talk less and listen more. A five to one ratio is about right. You should listen to others five minutes for every one minute that you speak. For every one minute you speak, listen to somebody for five minutes. Before you say anything, listen to somebody for five minutes before you say something. Even if they are talking rubbish. Be a listener. Don't be a contributor all the time. Do you know what I've achieved? I've done this and I've done that. Everybody's just looking at you. And they are further than you meet Richard Branson and you are talking about your car. You know, one reason why some people don't get advice from, they don't get anything from people who are, who are ahead of them is they talk too much. The person is talking, you two are talking. When I meet people who are ahead of, even my twin brother, I was with him yesterday. We were sitting down in the green room. And I guess he was doing his calls and doing it. I just sat down there and then he was saying something and then we are talking about this and that and then things. When it comes to accomplishments in buildings and properties, he's my twin brother, but he's ahead. I have something to learn from him in that capacity. He tells me I'm always going on your website and catching things here and there and learning. And so the other is I'm learning from you. I sent him, I said, we are learning from one another. Not he sent me, he's built all those things, and he said, I'm learning from you. And I say, yeah, keep learning, you know? Yeah, you know what I mean? No, you know what I mean? No, 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 stop. No. Stay humble. Me, as long as you are a humble person, I, 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 I will ask you. There are some people, they work around me in my office, my leaders, and some I say, what do you think of this? Then they ask me, did you just ask me? <laughs> what do you? I called my pastors yesterday here at our prayer, and I said to them, I'm thinking of this, 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 this. What are, what's your opinion? What do you think? And they said, this, 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 this. I said, okay. You don't know it all. I have people who advise me. I surround myself with wise people. Yeah. Even in this church. Yeah. Wise people. The fact that I'm a pastor or bishop doesn't mean I know everything. No. Let me do this preaching and do the washing at the same time. I, have a, I can get an advice from the usher's head. Because I'm not the one usher. Leave the pulpit and go there and go and usher. In addition to my own. No. It's not beneath. But that's, that's 
That's what she does to add to what I'm doing. So look, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, if you have been talking plenty, instead of listening, rich people don't do that. And I can tell you are a rich person. So talk less and listen more. Clap before I do something to you. You should listen to others five minutes for every one minute that they speak. That's what wealthy people do. Wealthy people are good communicators because they are good listeners. They understand that you can learn and educate yourself only by listening to what other people have to say. The more you learn about your relationships, the more you can help them. Okay, let me give you two or three more. It's still half past twelve. Glory to God. Thank God we are doing great with time. Mama B, I'm doing great with time. She said to me, speak with the truth. You know, we get the only people who can correct us, pastors, are our wives. And when we give other people the opportunity to do that. But our wives are the only people who can say, this message you preach. Hmm. Next time. Hmm. And maybe if you come and say, I say you are disloyal. Isn't it? Number 14. They avoid toxic people and toxic relationships. These are the habits of the rich. You'll be surprised. Because they have a vision, they have a goal, they have priorities, and where they want to get to, we all come across toxic people. And to- it's not a negative, it is a reality. There are some people who are just toxic for your destiny. You, all of us will come across toxic people. Toxic. Po- another word for toxic is poisonous. Non-enhancing, non-advancing, non-progressive. Are you there? We are only as successful. We heard what Archbishop Ajinasari said yesterday. He has trained many people, hundreds and thousands. And there are many who have been good to him. And there are many who have, been, who have betrayed him. And many who have left him. It's part of life. People, not everybody will stay in your life. So when some, a time comes in, um, in you know, some people say, it's time, uh, it's time for me to move on and I need to go on. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> let them go. No animosity. Whether they did it the right way or wrong way, no problem. Just let them go and you get on with your life. They find it necessary to move on. So you two, move on. No, no fighting. Tell it, don't get in no argument. No, 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 don't do it. Don't kill yourself. Oh. No, no, no. Everybody has a right to live your life. And guess what? You also have a right to pe- live people's lives. You know, one of the funny things about life is that when um, you and I, when we are living some people's lives, we are considerate about how they will feel. But some people, when they are living your life, they are not considerate about how you feel. They, 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 it doesn't factor in their... So you, need, you just need to understand that there are various kinds of people. What matters is what you do. Is your reaction that matters. Amen. Not everybody stayed with Richard Branson. Not everybody stayed with the rich people. Not everybody stayed with pastors or the poor. Not everybody will stay with us. A time comes when their usefulness or their whatever in your life is over. That chapter is over. Smile. Hopefully, they do things the right way so you can maintain your relationship. Amen. Are you getting it? I think you can clap on that point. Get ready for that because people will, be, people will come and people will go. It's normal. Don't go and make a big deal. They'll be shouting. They've left to... No, 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 no. 
Their time is over. Amen. That's how rich people stay rich and don't die early. Because those things can give you a heart attack. You can become disappointed and become suicidal and all those. No, no, you don't need that. Amen. All right, number 14. They avoid toxic people and toxic relationships. Now, we are only as successful as the people we spend the most time with. Write that down. We are only as successful as the people we spend the most time with. Look, the people you spend time with is determining your success or your failure. We are only as successful as the people we spend the most time with. You know that thing that I say I'm going to set up? We'll be networking among one another and then we'll be finding our strengths which we can use to strengthen one another. Because everybody has got something to offer. You and I are only as successful as the people we spend, look at the word I said, the people we spend most time with. Most time. You spend time with people, but the others you spend most time with. It is determining your success or your failure. Out of the wealthy, successful people, 86% associate with other successful people. Now, I'm coming somewhere. Out of the wealthy, successful people, or rich, wealthy people, 86% associate with other successful people. But 96% of those who are struggling financially stick with others who are struggling financially. I am poor, and I'm hanging around poor folk, and I'm expecting to become rich. No, it doesn't work that way. Iron sharpens iron. 86% associate of the rich associate with other rich people. Look, you see Richard Branson hanging with those people. You see Warren Buffett hanging with Bill Gates. You see, uh, you, you see look at the associations. And then sometimes we who are poor or average are criticizing them. They hang out with only their crowd. They hang out with only their crowd. They hang out with only their crowd. Now, when they hang with you, this is the way you'll be talking. And they'll start talking that way. They know when they hang with you, they are angry with their crowd. They are angry. They, they say, tell them, look at your, 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 I mean, actually, look at your behavior. They should come and hang around you and catch that disease. When I go and visit my mentor, I want to see Pastor Matthew. <laughs> Some of them, the least they will give you is maybe five, ten minutes. He gave me about, I think, 30 minutes or 20 minutes or something. My, my Bishop Oedipo says, I don't even sit with my wife during the day for one hour. My wife. I don't hang around my wife for one hour a day. The least, when I go and visit Bishop Oedipo when he comes, when I go there, we'll just be talking how things are in testimony. They just want to hear testimonies. They don't want to hear problems. When you go, they will ask you, how's church? How's your wife? How's the church doing? Glory to God. Hallelujah. God is good to us. Glory to God. If you go and raise a problem... They, he will stand up and leave you there. This, they used to say about JFK, President John, John F. Kennedy, when you are in his presence, he's talking with you, then he's on the move through the White House to the next appointment. Rich people have always got something else to do. So they don't just sit down there talking nonfa. Problems upon No. When you meet rich people, they want you to talk, talk to them about solutions. 
when you hold a leaders meeting, a departmental meeting, we're talking about what's happening in your department, on your job, or in church, bring solutions to the table. We didn't come here to discuss problems. That's the attitude of the rich. Some of us who are average will say, ah, but we came to, there's a problem, we need to sit down and talk about it. Hey, I'm to talk about it. Rich people don't do that. That's why they are rich. What's the solution to the problem we have in this nation? What's the solution to the problem we have in this family or this business or this church? What's the solution? You notice the problem. So before you came to the leaders meeting on your job or church, you, should have, you knew the problem, so you should have found the solution and brought it to the table. That is what rich people do. Oh, I think you're... <laughs> Solution, solution, solution. What's up with our finances? What should we do? We have discovered we are spending too much. So, what solutions? Then you start talking. Aha, that's the way rich people. Rich people are always reading, reading, reading to generate answers. So, be- sometimes before the problem comes, they found the solution. So, when they meet, this is what we are doing. They are sitting down, they're talking. Oh, all day, wasting the hours. Ten pounds an hour, twelve pounds an hour, one thousand. We are wasting a thousand pounds. is wasted just rehearsing the problem. This person left my life. And that person left my life. Do you know how they left it? Sit down. Let me tell you how they left. And they did it. So, thousand pounds is going. When you are worth hundred pounds, discussing one person who has left. And like I humorously say, they are in Barbados, sipping coconuts you have never seen since you came to London, except the one in the box. Tell your neighbor, solutions, solutions, solutions. Say, avoid toxic people and avoid toxic relationships. I didn't say hate them. I said avoid. Romans 16, 11, it said, those who cause division in church, avoid them. And on your business. He said, the Bible advises you to avoid. You know the day, lift up your head. You know, thank you, Holy Spirit. <laughs> you know, some of us, we don't call ourselves prophets, but when we preach, we have a prophetic dimension. The, way, the week I told you that um, don't stay in an abusive relationship and all those, you know, that's the week in which Osinachi died by her husband. Everything prophets, pastors teach, there's a prophetic dimension because of what is coming. All these things are preparations for what God wants to put in your hand. But you need to have these things in place to keep it and multiply. Toxic relationships must be avoided at all costs. Toxic people, toxic relationships, and toxic things. It's not something God removes. You avoid it. Now, listen to this dangerous one. If you want to end your financial struggles, you need to evaluate each of your relationships and and determine if they are a rich relationship or a poor relationship. So, with relations to, there are rich relationships and there are poor relationships that make you poorer and rich relationships that make you richer. Relationships too must be categorized. Yeah, these rich people, they're always hanging with themselves. They're always hanging with themselves. They're always hanging with themselves because they understand that iron sharpens iron.
You are either in a rich relationship or a poverty relationship with someone holding you back. So it says, start spending more and more time on your rich relationships and less and less time on your poverty relationships. Rich relationships can help you find a better job, refer new business to you, or open doors of opportunity to you. Are you aware that rich people keep opening doors for people who are in their circle? And, you know, we are believers. We are believers. Yes, we don't have to waste money. Why do we need to sit in business class? Why do we need to sit in first class? After all, we all arrive at the airport at the same time. That's the speech of a poor person. When you are so, do you know the businesses that are done, networking that are done among rich people in first class and business class, while the economy people are carrying Ghana must go. In economy, your discussions are all to do with, except you, you know, there are people who are rich who want to sit in economy and then they're on their laptop and they're so, so uh, uh, that's not what I'm talking about. But people who are at the Zungo, they're complaining, sir. Those there, I went there, I was going to try, that's another thing, that's a comedy, that's a humorous side. People in the economy like to come to where the rich, the first class, to use the gents there. One, the other day we were going, somebody came to sit, they came to perch themselves in their seat and buckled up. And when the people came around, they checked, they knew that seat is supposed to be vacant. So I said, what are you doing here? He said, this is my seat. He said, bring your ticket. This economy, how disgraceful, get up and go. You haven't paid for that seat and you are sitting there. And when they sack you, they say, why? You have gents at the back there. Why are you coming to use first class gents? You are trying to be your, a size that you are not. And you, you should see those uh, BA now, they are seats, some of their planes. You have to pass through first class to go privately. Previously, the first and business class is on the left. So you don't see the business class. You don't get annoyed. But unfortunately now, they pass through, so you can see the faces of some of the people with their back, how angry they are. Look at that. People sitting there. They are just passing. <laughs> the people sitting there haven't done anything. Oh. They are just upset. What seat? Why are you sitting here? And I'm sitting there. Because you didn't come to this class. What's the problem? Say what? They didn't pay 50 pounds, yes. You will be the collector of the money, eh? Yeah. No, 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 no. Everybody say rich relationships, poverty relationships. Look around you. What kind of relationship do you have? I'm not saying abandon them, but hey, move higher and encourage them to come with you. They don't want to come with you. Move on. Move on. You haven't got time to waste. You haven't got time to waste. Wait for them to catch revelation and come up, but move. You need to move. Rich relationships can help you find a better. When I travel to a certain place, I like to go to the place. I'm, I want to reset very soon. I want to go somewhere to go and see the new facility that the central, central Dr. Mensah Otabel has built. He says, build the church in such a way that it's not just for a church service, but they can hold orchestra, opera, drama, the arts, and everything. So they don't meet only on Sundays. The facility is there to be used during the week as well. That's what we must start thinking, even in our church here. I was, in the week I was saying, Pastor Johnson, I've told you, anyway, before, the music school, the drama school, 
need to do something in this building to build people in the community. This finance thing we are going to do, the leaders factory, the art and music, to train the children. Use the facilities properly, not just on Sunday. COVID is over. We need to get back to doing something with the premises profitable for the community and for us. That's how rich people think. It's a wastage of money. One whole week, nothing. And we just appear here on Sunday and say, praise the Lord, and then go. It's no wisdom. So I'm thinking, I'm bringing solutions. So come and stand and say, bless you all. Why don't you show up here? What is there for me to show up? Well, I'm telling you now. Let me give you one last one. You want one last one? It's quarter to 16 minutes to. This is the one about the president of Dubai. 16. The rich people, I'm finishing with this, rich people are relentless, persistent, don't give up, and are addicted to excellence. They are not addicted, they are not average. They don't do this average, you know, just two, two, three. No. Customers must be satisfied. Customers go for excellence. Rich people are relentless, persistent, don't give up, and are addicted to excellence. Nothing but the best is their motto, and they eliminate bad luck and words of lack and impossible from their vocabulary, like the ruler of Dubai said in the year 2013. In a symposium in 2013, the report read, Sheikh Mohammed bin Rashid. Everybody say Sheikh Mohammed bin Rashid. You will meet him one of these days. Look at them. They are not saying amen. Because I mentioned a Muslim's name. I will meet him one day and have dinner with him. Then he can share with me some of his wisdom. There are things some of these people who are not born again know. The whole of Dubai, the place you go on holiday, you want to go on holiday too, is built by these people with their rich habits and mindset. The place we want to go to on holidays are built by the rich. And we go there and make them richer. So the earlier, now, if you don't have an opportunity to meet a rich person in person, go Google, get their books, go on YouTube, read about them. Like the guy who built Singapore. What's his name? Wang King Yong. Somebody check the name. The one who built Singapore, Singapore became independent the same time Ghana became independent. Singapore is the cleanest city on the planet. They catch you chewing gum in public, you'll be imprisoned. When you enter Dubai, the airport, there are things saying there, it says, we welcome all customers, we welcome all guests, we love you, and we appreciate you. Just make sure you obey our laws. Don't break it, or your holiday will be cut short in our jail. They preserve their nation. They preserve their cleanliness. They preserve their beauty. They preserve their wisdom. We should do the same. I was telling them last week, I came to the, the, the reception, and we had the second wedding uh, uh, dump there. And I said to them, create an atmosphere there when, when people come in there. It is welcoming. That is a beautifying our church. The rich people, 
are coming to join the rich people here. Your amen went. Rich people are coming to join you, the rich people here. And there's an ambience that rich people maintain. So, we can't leave things just anyhow and just do things anyhow. We are rich, the rich church, with the rich people, becoming richer. What kind of people are you? Say, the rich people, becoming richer. Yes. What we teach is what God will confirm in your life. One of my major strengths is this area. So I'm going to really zero in with the faithful, committed lawyer who are ready to be trained. Let's finish with this statement. The report read, Sheikh Mohammed bin Rashid opened a groundbreaking summit on governance today by stressing the importance of service. Everybody say service to the community. That was what he was stressing. Service to the community and striving for excellence. This is what he said. I close with this quote. We want the world to benefit from our experience as we aim to become one of the world's best governments. He told 2,500 officials and foreign dignitaries at the two-day government summit in Dubai. Watch this. Our aim is to guarantee prosperity for our people. What is your bishop's aim? For our people and our community. That's what he said. To guarantee prosperity for our people, to create jobs, and open doors for opportunity. In a two and a half hour speech and question and answer session, Sheikh Mohammed, the Prime Minister and ruler of Dubai, outlined his plans for improving government services, guaranteeing the prosperity of the United Arab Emirates, and recognizing the changing dynamics of the region and the world. His aspiration, he said, was for his nation to be number one because of his desire and ambition for all Emirates, that's those of the Emirates, to share this vision. He said, becoming number one is not, is, becoming number one is not impossible. The word impossible does not exist in our dictionary. The word impossible does not exist in the dictionary of United Arab Emirates. That's what he said. All these things I'm saying the rich do. Some may say, ah, the rich people, the rich people. If you say it's impossible, you won't do it. And if you say it's possible, you start working at it. So the next rich person they describe is you. It's with our riches that the world will be converted. Look, this is the best season for some people to get saved in this our community. Because this financial thing, we can enjoy prosperity in austerity. And we are the ones to teach them. Receive grace. Yes, the founder, the creator of the Singapore we see today is called Lee Kuan Yew. Lee Kuan Yew. <laughs> Lee Kuan Yew. Took Singapore when it was nothing and turned it. Got his people to believe this place can be turned. Singapore was a third world country, like they used to call our country. He turned it from a third world country into a first world country. But he got his people to believe these things we are saying. That shall be our portion. That shall be our portion. Put your hand on your head and receive grace to do what you have heard. Grace, 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 grace. Grace to do. Not grace to just hear. Grace to do. Grace to do. Grace to adopt this habit. Grace to do, adopt this habit. We shall be the next shake. 
We shall be the next Lee Kuan Yew. We shall be the next achievers on this planet because this world is looking up to us as the light. Receive grace to adopt this rich habit. Receive the grace. Receive the grace. Receive the grace. Receive the grace. Receive the grace in Jesus' name. And everyone said a big amen. You are not born again whilst here or online. Pray this simple prayer with me. Say, Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross. I repent of my sins. Forgive me. I believe you died and were raised from the dead. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. Thank you. Amen. Now everybody say, thank you, Jesus, for becoming poor, that I might become rich. I receive grace to adopt these habits. In Jesus' name. Amen. Cottonwood Publications presents the Financial Freedom Pack. The four newly released books by the author and prolific writer, Dr. Michael Hottonwood. Titles are 21 Reasons Why No Believer or a Pastor Should Be Poor, How to Get Out of Debt and Stay Out of Debt, Steps to Becoming Debt Free, Why Budgeting is Not an Option, and Reasons Why People Walk in Lack. Order your copies today by calling 0208-689-6010 or order online at Amazon.co.uk, www.hasajuda.org. UK or michaelhottonwood.org. Debit or credit card accepted. Secure online payments by Visa card, MasterCard, Charge card, Stored Valued card, Leads card, and PayPal.